Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, July 8th, 2022. From CyberScoop, Marriott confirms latest data breach, possibly exposing information on hotel guests and employees. Apparently, unknown criminal hackers broke into the network and then attempted to extort the company based on the exfiltration of 20 gigabytes worth of data. Apparently, this intrusion into the company started when a threat actor used social engineering to trick one of the associates at a single Marriott hotel into providing access to the associate's computer. Now, Marriott's had a couple of data breaches in the past, as noted by the article. One was in March 2020, which netted hackers with data on as many as 5.2 million guests. And then also in 2018, when the company revealed that hackers breached one of its subsidiary brand reservation systems and stole the personal data of roughly 500 million guests. So I think one has to ask, ask at this point in time is what were some of the controls that were put in place to mitigate the other two breaches and did that potentially fail or was this another area that needed to have some shoring up? Hopefully we'll find out a little bit more because often the best way that we can all learn is from when unfortunately other organizations get hit. A new CISA alert, AA22-187A, North Korean state-sponsored cyber actors use Maui ransomware to target the healthcare and public sector. According to this alert, which came out on July 7th, the Maui ransomware has been used in North by North Korean state-sponsored cyber actors since at least May 2021 to target healthcare and public health sector organizations. Now, I'm not exactly sure what triggers CISA to issue alerts like this, particularly if this has been an issue that has been around for over a year. I would assume that it's because that they're seeing increased activity and therefore is a good canary in the mine, if you will, to help you with looking for potential indicators of compromise and tactics, techniques, and procedures, or TTPs. Now, as always, the FBI, the CISA, and the Treasury highly discourage paying ransoms as doing so does not guarantee files and records will be recovered and may pose sanction risks. Remember, if you pay someone who's on the OFAC list, that could be bad. In any case, the alert has a lot of great technical information, as their alerts usually do, as far as uh, indicators of compromise and TTPs. So I encourage you to take a look at that as well. It has some of the usual advice on what you should do as far as beefing up controls. And one of those controls, which are relatively easy to beef up, involves authentication and authorization. And that is multi-factor authentication. Yet according to helpnetsecurity.com, 54% of small and mid-sized businesses do not implement MFA, despite the fact that for the most part, implementing MFA is not terribly difficult, particularly with some of the 
mainstream systems such as Office 365 or Google Works. Now, while cybersecurity professionals had been recommending MFA for many years, 55% of SMBs, according to this survey, were not very aware of MFA and its security benefits, and 54% do not use it for their businesses. Of the businesses that have not yet implemented MFA, 47% noted that they either don't understand MFA or do not see its value. In addition, nearly 60% of small businesses and medium-sized owners have not discussed MSA with their employees. I'm discouraged by the fact that at this point in time, there's so many small and mid-sized businesses out there that do not understand or even are aware of MFA. That's part of the reason for what a lot of us do in the cybersecurity, information security field. That's one of the reasons for this podcast. That's one of the reasons why you see the proliferation of quality virtual chief information security officer services, because one of the prime pieces of advice that any will give to an SMB if they do not have MFA enabled is to enable it as soon as possible. And while the Marriott breach does not detail the exact cause of the social engineering, could very well likely have been a click on a link that resulted in basic authentication to some sort of resources to get on the network itself. That is just speculation, but it's speculation based on the fact that that happens way too often, particularly where we're at today in 2022. We have to do better as an industry. A quick happy note for those of you who are into the bug bounty program, looking for bugs and hopefully to get that bounty. The Department of Defense has announced that they are implementing a bug bounty program, the the Hack USA program. And there are various levels of reward bounty, if you will. So this brief article from VentureBeat details a little bit more about that, and the link is in the show notes. Now, if you're one of those who would really like to be a bug bounty hunter, but don't feel that you have the skills yet to do it, of course, there's an awful lot of training out there, and there's an awful lot of people and organizations that are charging a lot of money for quality training. But one option which is free, is from uh, CISA and NPower. They offer free entry-level cybersecurity training according to helpnetsecurity.com. Specifically from the article, NPower, a U.S.-based nonprofit participating in a cybersecurity workforce development program started by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, CISA, is looking for recruits for a free cybersecurity training program aimed at underserved populations in the United States, including women, people of color, young adults, and military veterans and their spouses. This program is part of CISA's wider efforts to address the cybersecurity work shortage in the short and long term. And so this article has a pretty extensive interview with a couple of the folks involved, rather, I encourage you to take a look at it if you're interested in this training program. Um, One of the cheap questions that folks may ask, is this really free? And the answer is, quote, our program is fully remote. No physical attendance is required. 
All Event Powers programs are completely free. That's in capital letters. No tuition costs, no salary garnishments, no loan repayments. All class materials are provided for the trainees. And for the trainees who do not have a suitable computer at home, we can make arrangements for a loaner during the course of the program. The only cost of the program are the trainees' time and effort. That last part is a very, very important piece of the puzzle if you want to be successful in information security, cybersecurity, or really in anything. There are no shortcuts. A great little opinion piece from the Goodman Project, the illusion of shortcuts take the long cut. A shortcut is an excuse to avoid the real work. I've talked a little bit about this in the past, about there are no shortcuts. You have to pay your dues. You have to put in the work. And that's about as true as true can get. As the opinion piece notes, if you are consistently in the process of looking for shortcuts, you're probably stalling, hoping to avoid real work. It's a habit that prevents actual progress. So you start sort of a little bit of a negative flywheel there. You start looking for shortcuts, and that gets you in the habit of not doing the work, and then you spend more work looking for shortcuts and wash, rinse, and repeat. It gives a couple of really good examples in life. Investing, for example, you need to start investing very early and a little at a time if you want to have a quality retirement. Investing consistently is a long cut to a better retirement, and so is exercising and choosing to eat healthy. Now, I can attest to both of those because I did practice that and continue to over my career and my life. I'm 55 right now. And because of going for the long term, the long cut, I'm in a much better position than if I had been looking for shortcuts along the way, including having the ability to provide you all with this podcast on a regular basis. And finally, I was exposed to another example of a shortcut this past week on LinkedIn, which as an author made me rather livid. And I'll give you those details in 30 seconds. A few days ago, I came across a LinkedIn post targeted towards particularly cyber and information security authors. A warning, if you will, that there's a particular site out there on LinkedIn that happens to have nearly a quarter of a million followers that is sharing copyrighted material, complete, complete books in PDF form. And apparently without the author's or the publisher's consent. Now, having written a few books myself and knowing several authors, the process by which you create a book takes an awful lot of time and an awful lot of effort. And for the most part, nobody gets rich off of writing a book. But it becomes even worse when these works are illegally provided for free. You're taking away the income stream 
to both the creator of the work and the publisher of the work. There's a word for that. It's theft. And it's wrong. Now, some of you right, may remember back well, about 20 years ago that this was a big deal in the music industry. A new technology, a new software as a service, I guess you could say at the time that before SAAS was actually coined, called Napster, provided access to free songs, MP3s, through their Napster network. And this started a whole wave of different types of file sharing and for those of us in security of blocking and eventually legal being involved, people getting hit with hefty fines and for good reason. Now, on the flip side, people who were doing it didn't think they were doing anything wrong. It's like, well, these artists are rich. It's just one song. Well, what difference does it make? Stealing is stealing. I don't care how you look at it. There is There was one response to one of the threads in that LinkedIn group, the one that has a quarter of a million who are sharing these copyrighted materials illegally, who said, to try to justify, well, I'm super broke, using their words. And if you're super broke, then perhaps maybe you should try super hard to get the super money for the super items that you super want. That's no excuse. And I'm sorry if I sound a little soapbox-ish here, but this does rile me. And in particular, in the cybersecurity field, because our field exists based on and standing on ethics, solid ethics. You lose those, you lose your reputation. I don't care who you are. And so for those of you out there who are like saying, hey, this is cool, a free resource, let me download it. I want to encourage you to kind of think a little bit differently about that. What you're doing is wrong because you're stealing. What you're doing is wrong because it's not ethical and it steals from those who created it. What you're doing is wrong because it tarnishes our industry. And what you're doing is wrong is because there are no shortcuts. You get the best benefit in life when you actually put in the work. Now, whether that be to learn something as opposed to just getting a rubber-stamped certification, letters after your name that are relatively meaningless, or you work in order to earn that money to buy that work. These books are not terribly expensive, even if it's $100. How long does it take to earn $100 to buy a book? And don't, I mean, there's only so many books that you can consume and absorb in a year. So I don't mean to sound preachy about this, but perhaps maybe I do, because as I've gotten older and as my experience in the field has grown, I've become more and more disillusioned in some cases where I see people taking shortcuts in a variety of ways. And I've talked about it with other items here on the podcast as well. And I'm sure that the next time it'll happen pretty soon where something will come up, I'll see someone trying to take a shortcut again that has some ethical implications and I'll note it here as well. So my advice is, I don't want to say what the group is, because that's going to be publicizing it. I don't want to do that. I don't think that these folks deserve any publication. In fact, I hope that LinkedIn takes down this group. The authors involved have apparently 
petition LinkedIn to at least take down the post or look into it. And why LinkedIn is not taking this down, I have no idea. But it is out there right now. Do not create a market for it. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk on Monday on the quick strike. So I hope you have a great weekend and stay secure.